Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Friday. We are glad you are joining us wherever you're getting your podcast, be it at supertalk.fm or wherever podcasts might be found. We appreciate you listening to Thunder and Lightning. We always appreciate our listeners, especially the servicemen and women who take care of us all of the time. We want to thank our sponsor, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Strange Brew Coffee House. If you, like I said, if you haven't been by the new location yet, you're missing out because it is a fantastic location. They have got you taken care of there on your way to work, on your way to campus. Nowhere, no matter where you are in Starkville, you're not too far away from Strange Brew Coffee House. And of course, Churn and Spoon Ice Cream there on Highway 12, the best in frozen treats. Which you know, I don't know if you, people know this about me or not. This is a little known fact about Brian. Hey, Dad, I love ice cream. <laughs> I just, I, I, I can't get enough of it. So. You know, it's not, not great for me. Can you cream it forward? No, you can brew it forward. That doesn't sound right. i got to be totally honest with you. I kind of didn't. I, yeah. I didn't think that through. Yeah. That was bad. We're just going to move forward. <laughs> We're going to move on from Joel and his... Joel, let, let, why don't you leave the marketing to me? Uh, All right? Yeah. That's, why, that's why they have marketing meetings, folks. Exactly. So that when somebody throws something like that out, someone... <laughs> <laughs> I am trying to hold it together right uh, now, boys. Oh, My man said cream it forward. Oh. Ice ah, cream. Ice cream, yeah. Mine yeah. Not, mine I get the it. Gutter, hey, Dad. I get it. Oh, I'm probably not the only one there. Uh, what direction would you go with it? I mean, what I do you call it? I don't know. I don't. I don't. Ha- I'd have to think about it, though. I wouldn't just say the first thing that comes out of my mouth like that. Jeez Louise! It's not like there's a microphone and thousands of people listening. <laughs> well, we had a great show. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for a year and a half of thunder and lightning, folks. Uh, we Here. had so much fun. Can't wait to find out who my new podcast partner is going to be. Then <laughs> people hear this. <sighs> I was, try- I was trying to do you a solid here and get some free ice cream. Oh, my gosh. I pander for coffee. I was trying to get you some No, I don't need anything. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, also, College Corner. What do well, you want to talk about there, Joel? You got anything? Uh, I'm good. You, All right. You, you hit that promo. College up. Corner and in Jackson. They are in Ridgeland. I'm sorry. Uh, over by Fleet Feet. They are in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can just shop online at collegecornerstore.com and get the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise right there at your fingertips. Definitely check them out. Getting close to baseball season. We are, you know, gosh, just under a month away now. And uh, you, you want to come to Dini Noble with that new stuff. You want that M over S. You want to be rocking that. Make sure you've, you've gone to College Corner and you've picked up some new gear before you head to Dini Noble this spring. All right, Joel, let's talk a little MSU basketball. Uh, they're taking on the Georgia Bulldogs, so we get the always popular Bulldogs versus Bulldogs uh, scenario, which I just want to point out, and I see this on Twitter all the time. When I say Bulldogs, I mean Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah. If, and, I, and, if I say anything about the Bulldogs, 
Mississippi State is who I'm talking about. I'd also w- like to welcome Tony Schiavone to Starkville. Oh, that's right. Will he be there? I mean, he always is. Hey, you don't think that he's taken – since he has this job now, he, he would have left that other job? Uh, no, he's been going – that's why some weeks he's been – he's missed AEW because he's been on location with his job with the Georgia Bulldogs. So that's he, interesting, though, because Georgia played last night. Okay, well, maybe he's not doing everything then. Okay. So, I, I don't know. We'll find out. I know with football, he always went with football. Here, here Well, here, well, uh, I mean, that's a Saturday thing, though, so you go know, make it happen. We'll fi- I guess we'll find out. We'll know for sure. Uh, Georgia's an interesting team. Uh, 11-5 and five on the season. They lost their first two conference games. They were on a really good winning streak. They, they had won uh, four in a row, including uh, a win at Memphis that ended a uh, non-conference play for them. But then they lose to Kentucky and Auburn. I mean, that's a tough draw. Your first two games are Kentucky and Auburn. Uh, that's, that's tough. But then they got back on the winning track uh, last night, as we're, as we're listening, it'll be two nights ago, uh, on, against uh, Tennessee. 80-63 to was the final score of that game. They are an interesting uh, team. Uh, like I said, a lot of freshmen. Uh, obviously, the, the one that everybody's got an eye on is Anthony Edwards, who, like I, I've mentioned before, uh, is likely to be, if not the first pick in the draft, one of the first picks in the draft coming up, averaging 19 points a game, uh, shooting 42%, uh, shooting 33% from behind the arc. Just a solid basketball player. Five rebounds. He's just good. He's 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 a good all-around basketball player, and he can score in a number of ways. He can, he can play down low. He can play out on the perimeter. He is a, a guy to watch, and from a physicality standpoint, you know, my first thought is that's going to be Reggie Perry's responsibility because he's, I mean, that's what you want, right? If you're Reggie Perry, this is sort of a spotlight game for you because there's going to be a, there's going to be NBA people watching this game. And I guess the same goes for Robert Woodard. There'll be NBA people watching this game because they want to, you know, they're going to want to see everything Anthony Edwards does. This is an opportunity for Perry and Woodard to really, really have a a a spotlight on them. Uh, and if they both perform well, it could be it could be a big boost to them. It is, and I, I don't want to divert from where you're going here, but to me, for Mississippi State's purposes, I think at this point we can all say that if you show me Tyson Carter's stat line, I can tell you if State won or lost the game. Very fair. Very fair. I mean, this team really does seem like it's going to go as far as Tyson Carter takes them. Because I, I think that most nights you're going to get a double-double out of Perry. Most nights you're probably going to get close to it from Woodard. Um, Tyson Carter is the one that tips the scales one one way or the other. If he comes out on Saturday, and he doesn't even have to be lights out. He just has to not be awful. 12 points. 12 to 15. Yeah. Yeah. If you told me right now that Tyson Carter got you 12 to 15 points, I would feel somewhat I, – I would feel like 65% or more comfortable that State won that game. I just I think that this team, for whatever reason, it's all based upon the production they're getting out of their their senior shooter, who you know can come out some nights and just be on the money. But I've never seen him as off as he was there for about three or four games. Um, he, and that's dating back to high school too. I mean, I, I've seen some cold shooting nights from Tyson here and there. But I don't know that I'd ever seen him go through a three, four, or five game stretch like he just went through. Right. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, now he he, he was six of twelve the other night. Um, came off the bench, just maybe allowed him to just get a a different mindset. There, there's just something to um, 
you sit you get to sit there and watch the first three or four minutes of the game mm-hmm. and and kind of for whatever reason, it's just a different you can, mental approach. You can approach. get into the game without being on in the, the floor. game. Yeah. yeah, mentally you can lock in, but you're not asking anything of your body just yet. So that when you go in, you're you're, you're sort of focused already. Yeah, and, and so I don't know if that's something that Howland will do again on Saturday night. I don't know if that's something he will continue to do throughout the season. But for whatever reason, it seemed to kind of work the other night, and so I would suspect that perhaps um, he may try it again on Saturday. May do it the rest of the year. I don't know, but. Whether it's off the bench, whether it's in the starting lineup, it really does seem like, regardless of what everyone else does, it seems like this team is going to sink or swim based on the production of Tyson Carter. Um, I I mean, is there anything else on this team that you look at and say, yeah, Tyson, but this other thing has to happen too? Because like, to me, it really, it really does seem like it's as simple as, as long as Tyson isn't ice cold, stays in good shape. I think that you have to you have to look at a do a little bit. You know, what do you get from him? I think I, that swings more into the positive. If they can win games where a do only gets two points, if he's starting to get eight to ten points, you really feel confident about State's ability to win. And then turnovers, especially from Nick Weatherspoon. Yeah, you know, if he's turning the ball over, you know, seven eight times, not good, not good. State State needs to be under fifteen turnovers to win the game. But beyond that, you're right. Tyson Carter is the litmus test for this this football team. They have basketball. to be. I'm sorry, yeah, basketball team. I have got. I got you rattled earlier. There's that, and I've just got football in the brain. To be totally <laughs> honest with you. Um, Tyson Carter, as he goes, this team is going to go, which is an incredible statement, by the way. Never would have thought that two months ago. Would have said as Reggie Perry goes, maybe as you know Nick Weatherspoon goes, maybe as Robert Woodard goes. And I don't know if that's because I didn't have enough faith in Tyson Carter to be such a big impact, or just because I had so much faith in Tyson Carter to be steady every night. Yeah, you know, I didn't, I didn't see this slump he went through coming. Do you think? I remember when Mangum went through that slump in baseball, well, look, and he got a hit, and you're like, okay, it's over now, and it sort of was. Is this sort of the same thing with, with for you, Carter? He had a good game. Okay, he, he'll get it back. He's back on track now. Uh, I mean, you feel like that, but I mean, sometimes shooters just. For whatever reason, go through through these periods, and, and and the other night was a good sign that maybe he's coming out of it. So yes, and and answer your question, it does seem like he may be digging his way out a little bit. But I mean, there were there were games here or there where Victoria Vivians had an off night or two in a row. Mm-hmm. I mean, shooters have these moments where, for whatever reason, nothing they throw up falls. I mean, he could come out of it for a couple games and then have another game or two. Or I mean, it's just I I feel like sometimes shooters can be like lotto tickets and uh some some sometimes they hit sometimes they don't and Tyson for his you know to his credit most nights he's he's very good but I don't know man I, I feel like whenever you live and die a little bit by the sh- by, by a jump shot or something and you're living or dying on 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 Tyson Carter having a a sharp shooting night mm. that that's just da- that's a dangerous game because shooters aren't going to be on every night um, I, I'm kind of like you. I don't think coming into this year, I looked at Tyson Carter as a guy that state season kind of hinged on. But as we go down the stretch, I really think he is the most important player on this team. He he can't have stretches like he just had. And if he does, state's probably not going to be dancing in March. No, I agree with that. Yeah, they they need him, especially I mean, these next few games are so key for Mississippi State. 
They need to win these next two games. They need to get back to 500, and then you can start figuring it out from there. Oklahoma is not a great team. That's a game that if you can win on the road would be good, would look good for you. Um, but they have to have these next two games against Georgia and Arkansas, both of whom I don't know that Georgia – I don't have the net rankings up, and I'm, I'm not going to look at them. Arkansas is probably – right now you would say they're a tournament team. They're playing really well. Georgia at 11-5, and five, you know, they need to win some games here and there. But, you know, they, they, have, they have that opportunity. So the, the, this Georgia game for me it sort of falls into it could be a good win, it could be a bad loss. I, I don't know where Georgia's going to end up right now. One thing I, do, I knew, though, is that Georgia can score. They're averaging 78 points a game. Um, they've got three guys in double figures. Like I said, Edwards leads them with, with 19 a game. Rayshon Hammonds, 14 a game. Donnell Gresham, 12 points a game. They have an interesting mix. They have a, a lot of young talent, but they also have a couple of grad transfers on this team who are making some contributions. So they have some veterans there. And Tom Crean, obviously a veteran coach, a guy who's you know been around the league. How's their three-point shooting? You got it right there in front of I them. sure do. Uh, it's not great. 31%, probably yeah. about three or four points lower than what you would want it to be. Because that's another thing it seems like with this team you have to look at. Yeah. Is there peri- is Because State just has not defended well in the perimeter with any kind of consistency. Which is interesting because they haven't really defended well, but teams miss. And I don't know why that is. Auburn, terrible three-point shooting night. They're yeah. still able, they're able to win. LSU, terrible three-point shooting night. Still was able to win. And then Missouri was terrible three-point shooting night. Yeah. I don't have Alabama's in front of me. I, I think, think they did. I think well. they shot okay. And they're a three-point shooting team, so that's sort of their calling card. But it's sort of interesting that we've, we've, we've sort of harped on MSU's perimeter defense a lot. But there were some non-conference the, yeah, games where the was, numbers don't bear out what we're saying, though, for SEC play. For whatever reason, so um, Richard Cross made a good point on on SEC. I'm sorry, on Sports Talk Mississippi to me yesterday. He said this is a game where if either team doesn't show up, they could get run off the court. You know, if Georgia doesn't show up, State doesn't show up, it could be a blowout either way. I kind of feel like that with SEC basketball in general this year. You might be right to be talking. I mean, I, the, the, the look at Auburn, who's been playing so well undefeated. They go to Alabama last night and they just get run off the court. Yeah, you know. So I mean, Kentucky. I don't know. Somebody, uh, I forget who tweeted this. I think it was Gary Parrish, said that uh, Kentucky already has three sub-100 losses. I mean, that is not – I mean, they have some good wins. Don't get me wrong. But that's that's not a great resume. Did they have three sub-100 losses like in the last three years before this? I mean, it's possible that they didn't. Um, so that said, yeah, it's it's going to be a uh, – it's going to be a game that, state, like I said, State needs to win. They need to find a way to win. This is a beatable team. You know they're not they're not world beaters. I, my guess is you sort of have to let anybody beat you, except Anthony Edwards. That, that seems seems, seems fair. Yeah. Who, who was the guy a couple years ago for Georgia? Oh, we had this. Yeah, we, we had this the other day. Got, got tweeted at me. Um, the, the the guy's name was JJ something. I can't remember. But man, he killed state. Just destroyed them. And it, I agree with you though. And where you're going with this is, if you lose and a guy just comes out of nowhere and has that kind of night. Then you just that happens. You just can't let Edwards beat you. I think that's JJ Frazier. JJ Frazier, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a guy like that game. You know, State played great, played well enough to win, but one guy had thirty-five points. If you, you know, if if Anthony Edwards gets those points, I feel like you're going to be disappointed because like that should have been the focus of the game plan. If somebody else comes out of nowhere to do that, well, there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. So, for if I'm a miss you, you know, I'm going to try to limit Edwards as much as I can. And then I'm going to continue to do what you've been doing offensively, which is get the ball down low to Perry, 
get the ball to, to Woodard down low and then see what you can get three-point-wise from Carter, Weatherspoon, Molinar, Stewart, so on and so forth. And then what I do gets you is just bonus at this point. Uh, who's your playmaker for this one? I mean, my playmaker for the year at this point may be Tyson Carter. Yeah. I mean, I may go with him every game if you ask me that question because it really does seem like if you want to know if State won or lost the basketball game, look at Tyson Carter's stat line. And if he's, like, not in double digits, State didn't win. <laughs> and if he is, they probably did. Yeah. Um. And, and I, I don't – I don't. I know there's more to it than that, but at this juncture of the year, it really does seem like he's that big of a – swing one way or the other. So I, I, I'll i be looking at Tyson Carter and what kind of production he has. I think Tyson Carter is, like you said, sort of the key to everything. But for me, you know, the guy who I think is going to make the plays in this game is going to be Reggie Perry. Like I said, I think sometimes when, when, when the, the bright lights are on you, that's when you shine the brightest. And uh, knowing what, that Anthony Edwards is coming, I think that's going to motivate Reggie Perry to have a big day and 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 show his skill set. So, and he's I mean he's just been a machine this year. He's averaging a double double. He's coming off one of his better games of the year, twenty three and ten. Don't see any reason to think that's going to stop. I, expect, I predict another double double for Reggie. What I will not predict is a win. I have I, I want to see a little more. Just let me let me see two wins before I, I start changing things up. But Georgia's a good team. I, I think they're good enough to come in here and win. I think it'll be close. Be back and forth all day, but in the end, I think Georgia makes one or two plays extra. I'm going to say 72-68, the Georgia Bulldogs. And see, I know I'm a prisoner of the moment here, but State played so well the other night. They did show me enough for me to, with them being at home, it's tough to win on the road with the SEC. I know the hump isn't going to be the most intimidating atmosphere that it's ever been, like it was 20 years ago or whatever, but they showed enough to me the other night to make me think this game at home, they should win. And so... I don't know. Maybe it's bad juju for me to predict a win for him, but I, I will say that Mississippi State wins this game. I will go 72-66 Mississippi State. So our scores are pretty similar, just yeah. different teams winning. Let's uh, let's change gears. Let's talk a little football. Uh, as we're sitting here, Adam Rittenberg of ESPN has tweeted that deal could be done very soon for Dave Aranda. Uh, you know, I, I've been talking about LSU for a while, saying that I think that you know, they could be on the verge of maybe taking over as the top team in the West. But then you see they've lost seven of their underclassmen to the NFL draft, along with Joe Burrow, obviously, he's gone. Um, and then you see that Joe Brady has left, and now it looks like Dave Aranda's on the way out. Um, I don't know if I, if I believe that anymore, because that, that, is, that feels like too much in one, too much transition in one year. Especially when you have a coach in Ed Orgeron who you have said, and that's not just me saying, that's LSU people saying it, that he is sort of the CEO role and he wants to hire the best and, the best and brightest coordinators. Well, they're gone now. You know, and like I said, I don't know if Miranda's going to go. It feels like this is a little different than the UNLV because Baylor's a really good job. Um, so when we look ahead to next season in football, you know, the West is sort of in transition right now because Alabama, they bring back a lot, you know, and I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback or if it's going to be the five-star true freshman Bryce Young, who everybody says is one of the top prospects to come out of, out of the, the state of California in a it, long time. Does the other tongue of Lloyd just have no chance? Is he just the third on the totem pole over I there? I think so. Well, I mean, first off, he's just a, he, he is just he's a, young. Red, he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah. So, I mean, could he, you know, could he beat one of these guys out? Yeah, but he's not as good as his brother, and yeah. he's not as good as Bryce Young. That, To be fair, very few are as good. Very few are going to be as good. Bryce Young might be. Bryce Young is that kind of prospect, at least yeah. at this point in his, in his career. Um, but Najee Harris back, Henry Ruggs and Devontae Smith, and they still have Jalen Waddle. You know, their offensive line not going anywhere. Um, defensively, getting Dylan Moses back is big. 
Uh, they, they just have a lot. They just, it's Alabama. But they are. There is some transition happening there. We are seeing. We are in the the end game for them because Nick Saban is only going to coach a few more years. It's just going to have to be that way. And unless they poach Dabo, they are not going to maintain. They're just not. You know, because Kirby Smart's not coming back. I mean, I don't know who they would get. And it, it, it doesn't matter who they would get. There's only one Saban. Mario Cristobal. Well, I mean, that, that's a re, that's a, a a good option for them, yeah. right? And I think he would do well there. But he would not be the year in year out dominator that Nick Saban has been. Then you have Auburn, who I I will go ahead and make some predictions. Will be a preseason top ten team, and then they will lose four games like they always do under Gus Malzahn. You have Texas A and M, where everybody's gonna say, "Okay, this is the year. It's got to happen, right?" Because you're paying them seventy five million dollars. But I mean, and their schedule's a ton easier, by the way. I think they uh, they trade out Georgia and Clemson for Colorado and Vanderbilt or something like that. That's that's nice. <laughs> that's not that, that's good work <laughs> if you can get it. Um, so you know, but p- people are going to say, "Oh, it's, it's time for them to take a leap forward." But I mean, people have been saying that for yeah three decades and about I, Texas A and I don't really see Kellen Mond as as a you know. I know he's coming back, but big wolf. He is you know? a good quarterback. Yeah, but that's sort of his ceiling is he's good. He's not elite, and you're going to have to have an elite quarterback. You know, LSU. I assume they're going to go to the, the transfer portal because I don't think Miles Brennan is the guy there. So is it going to be Derek Derek King from uh, from Houston coming in, or somebody along those lines? And then you have you know State, Ole Miss, and Arkansas. Arkansas is still a ways off, and honestly, I don't know that Arkansas is ever coming back because I don't know that Sam Pittman. I mean, he could end up being an Orgeron type, but it seems less likely because at least with Orgeron, you had he had had the successful interim stint at USC, and you know he had sort of rehabilitated himself from his Ole Miss days. Whereas this is his first, Pittman's first coaching job, so this is his Ole Miss days. So we'll see what happens. Uh, he seems to have, you know, Kendall Bryles and Barry Odom are good coordinators. So that that part of the equation, if you want to go that route, makes sense. Ole Miss is going to be better with Lane Kiffin, but their schedule is absolutely brutal. One of their non-conference games, like we said, is against Baylor. Uh, they their their East game is Florida at home this year. So Mullen comes back to Oxford for the first time since he left. Uh, that's I mean, right now I'm putting that down as a loss. They still have to play Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, LSU. You know, so I mean, they're probably I mean, they could go five and seven. They could go six and six if, if things break their way. And then you have State, who I think we all think will be a bowl team again, but it's just a question of how much can Mike Leach get out of them in, in year one. Do you feel like the, the the face of the West is changing, or is it is it just me? I guess. I mean, Alabama's still going to be <laughs> Alabama to me is still at the top. I still think, I mean, LSU is going to be good, but I don't know. But what right now, I might like, I might like Auburn better than I like LSU going into next year. Now, given what they're what, what, what LSU's losing, I mean, Auburn's always good defensively. Uh, well, yeah, but they lose Derek Brown. They, yeah. they lose a ton of guys off that defense, and then they lose four starters on the O line. You know, so I mean, they have Bo Nix, who everybody loves, but I mean, how good can he? Is Bo Nix a guy? Is he an elite quarterback? Can he carry a subpar team? Yeah. What is MSU in 2015 without Dak Prescott? Uh, a six and six, at six best. and six at best kind of team. Yeah, Dak Prescott made him a nine win team. Is Bo Nix good enough to turn a six win team into a nine win team? I think he he did some of that this year, but they had that defense. With those guys gone now, what what is that team? They could be like MSU was this year and take a step back because they just don't have the uh, they don't have that defense backing them up anymore. Yeah. I just, 
I find it tough to believe LSU is going to be a monster again next year with no Burrow, given the changes that you outlined. I mean, it feels like it was a perfect storm. Yeah, it really does. And I mean, Bama's going to be Bama. Yeah. Auburn just beat Bama. Yeah. So I just, those three, I just see. I mean, LSU's probably going to win nine or 10 games. Yeah. They might even win 11. They might only lose to Alabama. But I mean, they'll go to Auburn. Uh, they'll go to A and M. I guess when you ask me, they have Texas coming in in the, week two. Is the face of the West changing? I just, I still feel like at the end of the day, those are the three teams to me. Well, Bama, I, Auburn, LSU. I guess what I'm trying to say is, and I agree with those are still the three teams, but it's not as locked down as it was two years ago. Two years ago it was Alabama and everybody else. Yeah, I agree with that. It's not that anymore. You know, it's it's. Alabama lost two games this year, which, you know, to anybody else is a fantastic season. But to Alabama, that feels like a chink in the armor a little bit. And I don't want to play the whole Dan Wolken, the dynasty is dead game. I don't think that's the case at all. They could certainly win another national title this this upcoming season or in the next two or three years. As long as Saban is there, they're going to be in that, that mix. But they're not Superman anymore. They're not invincible anymore. You, you feel like you can you see some ways to beat them. Um, and then, like I said, with Auburn... Auburn's just – Gus Malzahn is a four-loss coach. He just is. He has lost four or more games every year of his career except the first one. That was it. And in that year, as I've, I've, I pointed out seemingly every time, they won three games in the final ten seconds of each game. Yeah. Or, or whatever it was for the for, or final 30 seconds, whatever it was. They won the game against Mississippi State. They won the game against Georgia, and they had the kick six against Alabama. All right, so they were three miracles away from being seven and five in the regular season. You know, I think I feel like you know we always talk about Auburn Jesus. I feel like he he gave it all in the first year, and he's now he's sort of taking it back now. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I don't know if that's the. Uh, I I just feel like the West. I don't feel like it's wide open, but I feel like it's the the door is opening for a team like Mississippi State to make a challenge for the West in a couple of years if things go the right direction for Mike Leach. And I feel like things are opening up for Texas A and M as they continue to recruit and Jimbo Fisher continues to build that program up to finally make their their first appearance in Atlanta. I feel like things are opening up for LSU. I felt like things were opening up for LSU. Now i got to see what they do to reload. Because, I mean, if they're going to have to hire two new coordinators, how much does uh, Aranda leaving raise the price of poker for defensive coordinators, by the way? <laughs> was it, Do you think anybody LSU would consider would be on, on Mike Leach's short list right now? What would Aranda make? Two point five. So I mean, just think about it like that. For him to take a head coaching job, he's got to be making at least three point five, right? Maybe four, because otherwise, why leave? You know, you got to make it work. The guy's wild. I mean, it kind of doesn't seem like it does. It kind of doesn't seem like State and LSU would be fishing in the Shouldn't same pond be. here, would they? No, it should be like LSU's probably looking at guys like Grantham, uh, some of the guys that were mentioned, Charlie Strong. Randy Shannon goes like that, whereas Mississippi State might be the next tier down. Yeah, yeah, because that state didn't. You got to remember, state's assistant pool here is four point seven. They're not finna hand two and a half, three million dollars to a deep to one guy, one guy. Um, so, um, so yeah. Well, last thing to talk about before we move on, and we don't normally talk about sports topics that aren't MSU related, 
But it's such a big topic right now, and Joel's such a big fan of the game of baseball. Yeah. I feel like I want to talk about this Astros thing just as much. So, well, it's no longer just an Astros thing. Yeah, you're right. I mean, now you know the Red Sox have fired Alex Cora. Carlos Beltran has been fired by the Mets. And I would like to suggest Jake Mangum as the player manager for the New York Mets. Just just bump up the mayor. He plays the game the right way, I'll tell you that. You're darn right. And now we've got uh, – I saw a tweet earlier from uh, – I don't know what his real name is. It's John Boy, who is the guy who sort of put the video together that really uh, – broke down what the Astros were doing. And he had some posts from uh, Carlos Beltran's niece or something, and he said it corroborated some stuff he'd heard from a bunch of people inside the game of baseball. And since that tweet, there have been other people around baseball. Trevor Bauer has Trevor Bauer has now chimed in. Who is having a great time with this. Oh, he's loving it. I I listened to XM, Sirius XM on MLB Network. They have the Bauer Hour. Oh, it's... I I don't know if I'd want him on my team because he's a little bit of a loose cannon. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I enjoy his coverage and his takes on things. But that said, he uh, he said that they've got a lot of, a lot of smoke around the rumors that Altuve and Bregman were wearing buzzers. <laughs> I think you and I are going to have to agree on this one. Which this is going way beyond the pale of just. Even what we were talking about with the trash can a couple days ago, if if they're wearing equipment that alerts them to pitches, we got to start talking about these guys not playing baseball again, right? I would be completely on board, and I can't believe I'm saying this because before all this came out, on my list of favorite non-Braves, at least a couple of them were Astros. I, I love Jose Altuve. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's not implicated in this, but Justin Verlander, another guy that yeah. I've always loved, an Astro. Um, if Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman are wearing buzzers under their jerseys and it's allowing them to know what the heck's coming next, I mean, that's that's even... The, the garbage can thing is bad. But if you're actually wearing equipment on your body to cheat, get those guys out of the game, man. Like, yeah. forever. I mean, if we're kicking Pete Rose out for betting on his own team... Mm-hmm. Now, Pete Rose has said I, I was wrong. Don't misunderstand. But he at least betted on his own team to win a game. If we're kicking him out and banning him for a lifetime for that, and you you got guys that are on the field wearing devices, I mean, it, it is the equivalent. I was telling you this off air, but former Braves pitcher Eric O'Flaherty was talking about it's kind of like playing poker and having a video camera or something over your opponent's shoulder and you know exactly what's in his hand mm-hmm. i mean that's what this is yeah and if you're wearing a device on your body to know what pitch is coming get them out get them out of the game and I, i'm not talking about a, a one-year suspension yeah i'm talking about they're done yeah your, your career is over it's really something i mean how quickly this sort of came together i mean these these rumors have been out there for the past few years but basically in the last seven days we have seen one of baseball's best teams, the Astros, I mean, they're going to be blown up, it feels like. They've lost their general manager. They've lost their manager. Uh, now, if, if some of this stuff is true, and, and don't think MLB's not going to dig into it, they're going to continue to investigate and try to figure out what they can, and they're going to be able to do it. People brought up that uh, Altuve, there was he hit a, a walk-off. And, against Chapman. Yeah, and they tried to rip his jersey, and he was like, no, 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 and said, and he's like, oh, I'm shy. My wife gets gives me grief about that or something like that. Is that what it was? So I don't know. Or did you have a freaking buzzer in your armpit? Lord have mercy. Look, I, I think I think you and I are going to differ on this a little bit because I don't know how you do it in professional sports. 
I think you said off air, you think that they should just take the, the 2017 World Series away from the Astros, right? Like, MLB should take it down. I see. I want to my- clarify my remarks on that, though, because in case Justin Strawn is listening, I don't think it should be given to the Dodgers. <laughs> I'm not prepared to live in that world. I'll let anybody cheat the Dodgers. You, you think it should just be basically vacated? It should be a vacated. The, the, tw- there was the no same way that USC's national title is vacated in college football. Yes. See, I kind of disagree a little bit because I think baseball fans are smart enough that for all of history, people are going to point anytime that anybody talks about the 2017 Astros as world champions. Baseball fans that love the sport are smart enough. They're going to point at that and say, yep, and cheated to get it. Yeah. And, and so I, I think history will provide its own asterisk. Pretty much like history, this is going to dig deep in you maybe since you're a Giants fan, but pretty much history recognizes Hank Aaron as the true home run king. I'll fight you right here on the <laughs> I mean, it just is and it will forever be unless somebody else and, breaks it. And we talked a little bit about steroids before the show, and we said, I said, you know, you made the point, like, look, even if you were juicing, you still had to get up there and swing the bat and, and look at the pitches. And I made the comment, well, hell, half the pitchers were juicing anyway, too. Kind of a level So it was a level playing field for I, I I don't have a problem with the steroid era as much as, as some people might, just because I feel like everybody was doing it. But everybody's not doing this. No. You know? Everybody's probably stealing some signs. That's probably happening, you know? And, and, and like, you made the poker analogy. If somebody makes a, has a tick... They're giving it away to you? Oh, if the pitcher's out there tipping pitches, if that's, he, that's on him. If he wiggles his glove a certain way, that's when on he, him. When he's, 100%. That's, that's absolutely on him. No different than it, in football if a, you know, a, a guy puts one hand down or whatever. Yeah, and if you got a guy at second base and the catcher didn't switch up the signs and, and, and whatever, I mean, and, and the guy at second base can tell a, a fastball is coming and he can signal to the guy at the plate, hold up one right. finger. I mean, yeah. that's that's totally different. But if you've got dadgum electronic equipment yeah. out there. It's not the same. And there's no defending it, really. There's no defending it. I'm sure diehard Astro fans will try to, but there's no defending it. So, be interesting to see what it is. Just think about that, man. That that took. People don't take it this far, but I mean, that takes money off of folks' table. Uh, Oh, you're right. It takes takes food off folks' table. I mean, you got some of these World Series championship shares and things. Like, I, I don't know how the Astros did it, but a lot of teams, you know, every every player gets a certain number of shares, and a lot of times. They'll like share it with the clubhouse guys, and sometimes yeah. those, those shares may be more than what their salary even was. In seventeen, the the it was a difference of ten million dollars between the the, uh, the Astros and the uh, the Dodgers. So I mean, there there are guys in there who that whatever that amount they would have gotten, the extra amount, it makes a difference to. And them. who's to say that the Astros would have even been in the World Series yeah. had they not had friggin' electronic devices yeah. up under there? It's, it's, it's this is a mess. This it is a mess, mess for baseball. And and, and, I, and we're talking about the Astros because they have been. Co- caught and i mean the thing is i don't i think that there are a lot of teams that have their own sign stealing things that haven't been brought to light yeah this could end up being a, a, a like i said i said the only team i feel confident about is the giants not because i'm a giants fan just because they're so bad at hitting <laughs> that i'm not if they're cheating then they're then bad at cheating they're too. bad at cheating and they're bad at hitting <laughs> kick them all out of the league at that point we'll start fresh <laughs> so yeah i don't i don't know Interesting. It's 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 gonna be fun to I say fun. It's gonna be fun for the Astros fans, but it, for you guys like us, it'll be something to, to to watch how this all unfolds. Can I tell you what my we're, so- we're only a few days away. From this is never catchers. this is never gonna happen. Hmm. My solution, hmm. basically, and I I mean you can't do this totally because I mean you got to have TV broadcasts and stuff. Take technology completely out of the game again. No replay, nothing. You just go by you you you. you, you what the ump calls is what the ump calls. You can't go 
two steps from the dugout into the video room and watch your at-bats you yeah. just had. Take technology completely out of the game. Yeah. Until like post game, like post game, you want to go back and watch yeah, your yeah. ABs and stuff. Like that. I'm, I'm fine with but that. But there's no live but video like, available to the clubhouse. Mid game, mid game, mid-game, you have no technology. Yeah, none. It's interesting. That's my solution, and that may be a stupid one. Maybe that's just me being becoming old man yelling at cloud. But well, I mean, the cloud is dark and stormy, so you're not, you're not. You well, know. this is thunder and light. Good call. All right. On that note, we'll get out of here. Uh, hopefully, nobody will cream it forward on the way home. <laughs> Guys, have a great uh, weekend. That's right. We'll talk to you again on uh, either Sunday or Monday, uh, and we'll be back with you for a whole week. Hopefully next week we'll have some football news, uh, some staff hirings, staff movement going on. We'll talk about all that next week on Thunder and Lightning. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.